This is episode 93 of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark Durow. It's the refrigerator running. <laughs> Sorry. Brad had this weird look on his face like, what is this noise I hear? It's like, the compressor, Brad, on the mini fridge. Yeah, sense. hopefully it won't pick up too much in the mics. That's but, that's okay. how decadent Four Stream Studio is, y'all. There's a mini fridge in here. Now, granted, Wait, it does look like it's from the 1950s. We might as well. I think that's that's a perfect segue. I don't even know what I was saying. I'm John Mark Drow, and I'm here with Brad and Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, it's surprise. It's the, it's, look, You're with Jonathan and Brad. <laughs> look, it's the end of the year, okay? It is. It it's, is. Like, nothing... We, we don't we're we've got nothing left we're on fumes we here. have nothing no, that's right kidding. we're actually recording this uh before christmas just we so are. that everyone knows uh because some of us will be out of town the week after christmas um and really the week leading up to christmas is is wild for all of us as we prepare for christmas eve service and a sunday morning service on the 26th so we thought we'd go ahead and record this episode for you guys so that you would count on Shades Midweek still dropping an episode during the final week of 2021. That's right. I just picture everyone gathering around the Christmas tree with their family and yes. listening, sitting right. on edge. Right. <laughs> just waiting to hear what we have to say. Yeah. Uh, well, and what we have to say, we're going to dive right into, okay? We're not going to do any album of the week. No, no, no Bradford's that's book right. club. No, no email that. corridor. So all of you that, that fast forward 20 minutes... <laughs> You're gonna right. be confused. You better hold up. Yeah, that's right. And it's basically because uh, this this entire episode is gonna be kind of a uh, albums of the year, books of the year, all that. We're gonna do we're gonna do a year in review. Out, uh, right, that's right. A lot of people are, a lot of people are doing it. A lot of right. blogs. We did it last year. Christianity we? We Today did it. We just did one did it last year. So yeah. we did this last people, year, and I yeah. thought it was a fun episode. And we'll talk about some shade stuff too. And yeah, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, just give us a good old 2021 in review. Yeah, a That's little right. recap. We'll Which try is- to have fun with it. Obviously, 2021 comes just like with any year. That's right. Uh, you know. The, the highs and the lows. The highs there are a lot lows. of lows that we could talk about. <laughs> we're not going to hit those we're, today. We're, we're going to try to we keep things. We hit a few. Yeah, okay. We'll, I, got, I got a list over here. We'll oh, wow. <laughs> Listen, we're going to do our best, and it's not to gloss over anything, That's but right, it's really exactly. to have fun. And, it's just the nature of the episode. And kind of enjoy a lot of the things that we loved from this past there year. You go. That's That's kind of what we're going for. Yeah. I'm on board with that. I feel like I need to rewrite my list. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, oh, shall we get started? Yeah, let's go in the order we normally do things. So let's let's jam. You kick us off. You are the king of the albums. That's right. And so I want to know not what your album of the week is. I want to know wh- what you think of when you think of the year. Wow. Right. And I almost did a jingle that was the same chord progression and everything, but with album of the year. But I just didn't have time. Uh, so you don't do all the jingles live. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe next year. Okay. Yeah, this was a great year for music. Uh, I think 2021 really came back with a vengeance when it comes to music. 2020 was, a, for me personally, was a little weak. There were a few good releases that I enjoyed last year. But because of the pandemic, I think a lot of musicians kind of hold up in their studios. They wrote a lot, and they recorded a lot. And they were hoping that this year they could start touring again, which we saw tours come back. Um, in a significant way. And so I think there was just a lot of music that was just ready to be released. So it was a good year. And I'm going to briefly go through uh, JM's albums of the year. 
I'm going to do my top 10. Like I said, this is going to be brief. I'm not doing a whole whole thing on each of these. It's like, like Letterman style. Here. Right, Letterman style. Okay, so number 10, uh, coming in at number 10, I really enjoyed Robert Plant and Alison Krauss's record, Raise the Roof. I mentioned this a few oh, weeks yeah. ago. Uh, the return of that record. They hadn't made music together in about basically 15 years, uh, so it was cool to see them put out that record. Number nine. Uh, a new record that I literally just discovered that I mentioned on a previous episode of Shades Midweek, a Rouge Aftab Vulture Prince, uh, the Pakistani female singer that lives in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and it's just a very unique album with lots of great musicianship and instrumentation. Beautiful record. Really enjoyed that. That was number nine. Number eight. This is a record that I know that, that Brad enjoyed, uh, Brandy Carlisle yes. in these silent days. Yes, I'm loving that album. I listen to it all the time. Yeah, and she had a great performance on SNL this year. You know, she's been around for a long I was, time. I don't think I've ever listened to her before. What's her like? Does she have a song that everyone would know? Uh, there was a song that she did called "The Story" that I'm familiar with that came out like several several years ago. Okay. But I don't don't know how big that one was. Yeah, I don't. It's not ringing any bells. Um, but she has an incredible voice. Yeah, and she's been writing songs for a long time. And I think uh, there are some dedicated, obviously some dedicated fans that would like know her work and uh, know her previous albums a lot more than I do. Yeah. But man, what a what, an what a powerful record. Number seven. You guys know that I love this man. Young Oceans. Ooh. I was wondering. Yes. I was wondering when it was coming. He dropped the record really early. I mean, it was like... I had to have been the first or second week of 2021. Yeah. It's the first record you've named that's on that's on my list. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. You Are Fullness. Um, mm. We've done a couple of these songs at Shades. For those who don't know who Young Oceans is, he's a, he's well, was based out of Brooklyn. I believe he lives in Nashville now. Uh, he's an American uh, singer-songwriter. He primarily writes Christian music. It's not super congregational. Uh, some of it can be. Um, and he's been writing music now for years, uh, probably a, over a decade Dude, now. If he's in Nashville, we should see what it would take to get him here. Well, and we went. What year did we go podcast, see him play? Mm-hmm. It was a couple years ago. Was that 2019? It was pre pandemic for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Man, yeah. he's awesome. And I love his music. And he was recently on um, the Gospel Coalition's Advent uh, concert. And he played his version of O Little Town of Bethlehem. Yeah, which if you haven't seen that, just YouTube the Gospel Coalition's Advent concert. It's it's you can put it on the background for the most part. Oh, it's yeah. acoustic. Most of it is, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. All right, coming in at number six, an album that uh, I love that I've mentioned before on this podcast, Big Red Machine. How long do you think it's going to last? This is uh, Big Red Machine is like a Justin Vernon from Bonnie Vere. Band side project with a number of other artists, special guests. Taylor Swift is on that record, would be kind of the biggest name. But also Fleet Foxes, Ben Howard, I believe, is on that record. So just just a number of uh, great musicians. All right, number five. This is when we really, really get into it. Donda, Kanye West. Oh. Had to do it. Yeah. Kanye West. Uh, <laughs> Man, this record uh, marred with controversy and numerous setbacks and delayed release dates. 
with a combination of strange performances that were also delayed when they happened. The listening parties, man. The yeah. listening parties. That's my favorite part. I, if you just Google all that, if you don't know anything you know, about I that. I think with Kanye, everyone can agree that you just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know? Does he? You just don't Does know, he know what's, what's coming next. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I believe 2021 saw a kind of a public divorce of him and uh, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Is that right? I don't know if it's official ever. She's honestly. dating. She's we'll dating, she's dating else, Pete so Davidson from SNL. Yeah. That's that's been on the news. This is my this was uh, my top five. Uh, what yeah. are your thoughts on that, Jonathan? Well, let me tell you, I get really into, into the into celebrity an gossip. Of <laughs> we have the latest. Right. Romance or heartbreak? Okay. Number four. Number four, man. Love, love, love this record right here. The Killers. Uh, I knew this one was coming. Pressure Machine. The album cover alone is amazing. The three crosses behind the barbed wire. Yeah, pretty intense. Um, this album, almost like an audio book. Uh, a lot of the songs begin with narration at the beginning. Uh, they recorded a lot out in Utah. And, uh, man, this is just an awesome, awesome record. I was hoping it would get to the song at some point. There it is. Uh, yeah, Pressure Machine. I love this record. I love The Killers. I love Brandon Flowers. These are some of the most beautiful songs that I feel like he's written in his entire career. And uh, the album's kind of a step away from their kind of big synth arena rock sound. So that is number four. His I'm voice, doing man. all this. Oh, man, his voice. I love Gosh. his voice. All right, I think you guys uh, know what's coming up here. I'm going to try to pick a really good song. Let's see. Which number is this? Number three. Can I be honest? I'm really surprised it's number three. <laughs> it was a stacked year, man. I thought I thought this could have been year. pushing towards number one. Yeah, Poet Priest, Andy Squires. It's on my list. A number of you uh, wrote in on the email corridor with this album. I, just the whole thing, man. It's just unreal. Uh, he also put out, you know, he's been writing a lot this year, uh, writing like these little mini essays, thoughts, blogs on Instagram. Yeah, the, the book has sold out, man. The book sold out. You had I, to pre-order it. I tried to go get my copy and... Yeah, you had to pre-order it. Um, hmm. I have one. Um, it's incredible. Uh, it's a combination of all the writings from this year. Poet Priest. I mean, what cannot be said about this album? It's amazing. The lyrics are just out of control. He's probably the best songwriter in, you know, in Christian music. It's, anyway. it's one of I those mean, albums that's so good. I'm like, it stacks can, up. Can he ever? Can he ever? I know. Repeat to like, make I mean, to make a, a Christian album now that's not a quote unquote worship album is right. insanely difficult. <laughs> right, insanely difficult. Insanely difficult. Yeah, it's just right. the right. You know, just the it's the culture and sort of the industrial complex of Christian music. Yeah, you know, it just makes it hard to. We have played. One of these songs we played, you bring the morning, yes, and we've talked about doing a couple others. It just yeah. hasn't happened yet. Right. So that's my third favorite. Um, but honestly, the the top three is they're really one A, one B, and one C. There's no mm. way to, you know, there's just no way. All right, number two. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
Number two. Number two. I can't escape this memory. We're on drugs, baby. They're back with a new album this year. I've talked about it before. The album's called I Don't Live Here Anymore. So good. So good. I, I, I don't get it, man. They're, dude, his last three records, every track from top to bottom. So good. I love all of them. It's like, amazing. It's just, he is just on another level, like these last five, six years of songwriting and recording. Um, the War on Drugs, yeah, this whole album's amazing. Um, check it out. I love it. Well, you we, love this album. Yeah. We all know what's coming for number one Coldplay. <laughs> Coldplay, if I had to have biggest disappointment of the year, it's Coldplay's, I don't even know what the. Coloratura, is that the name of the record? Futuratura? I don't know what it's called. That was my... It's Futuratura. <laughs> that is my uh, just biggest disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one. Lord Huron. Dude, I am Lord blown away right now. Uh, when I looked at my Spotify wrapped thing, they do like end of the year. Lord Huron was uh, was my top. No, no, no. Young Oceans was actually my top artist. Lord Huron was in the top five. But I, I cut the grass so much this summer. And this was the album that I listened to nearly every time I cut the grass. I've listened to this album all the way through top to bottom. 15 or 20 times the whole album is about death afterlife uh kind of some existential things going on it's about ghosts <laughs> some of the supernatural realm I, this album just blows my mind i love it this song is called not dead yet oh i dig i dig long lord lost huron. lord huron that, those are my albums those are my nice. albums do, do, wow. Do Brad and I get to throw in a couple of honorable mentions? From yes. Do that now? One, now? one other thing I wanted to mention, sorry uh, to cut you off, and then you'll have the floor. I do have a Spotify playlist, uh, JM's favorite tracks of 2021. There's a sprinkling of songs from that album that's out there, but then also other albums and singles that came out that I haven't even mentioned before, so go check that out. You mentioned like uh, you know, getting your Spotify like rap thing and all that. Right. Like, I. I can never look at like my most played tracks of the year to figure it out because all of my most played tracks are like just instrumental music right, because right. I play instrumental music like all day every it's day skewed. in my office it's, it's very skewed yeah so well um, and you can never account for what you listen to on vinyl either because right, I have vinyl as well right and there are things that I listen to on vinyl all the time that it's just not going Spotify it's not an accurate it's the best they can sure. do. Well, I didn't know uh, what the official rules may or may not be for this entire process. So, like, I didn't know if, like, the music or the books had to come out in 2021, or is it like I discovered and experienced it in that? So, I went with the latter. So, I'll give okay. you some grace. I'll so give I, you some so grace. So, not all that. of my stuff is like came out this year or anything like uh -huh. with With the books, with any of it, you know? Okay. So, but, uh, so I, I'll just throw out a couple really quick, just, and, and these are albums. Uh, that I listened to a lot this year. 
Um, and I'll leave off stuff that John Mark's already already is, mentioned. Is Jay? I'm gonna pull him up. We're gonna get to listen. I to may it. pull up like as you're going through. I may pull up like one of them. Don't don't pull up either of these first two. So okay. two of my favorite bands put out albums this year. So of course I love them. So Switchfoot put out in Terabang. Oh, man. Yes. Need to Breathe put out into the Mystery. Loved both of those. Some lesser known uh, things that I ended up listening to a lot this year. Uh, the Gray Havens. Oh yeah. Put out an album called Blue Flower. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I really got into that and dug that for a lot of the year. Um, and then one other uh, artist that I was introduced to this year, uh, early on in the year, and is this Grey Haven's Blue yeah, Flower? Blue Flower. Sorry, Blue Flower. You know, um, who's to say Ed Hart was telling me about this band. Yeah. yeah. Have not listened. But they were also on the TGC Advent concert. Where they, I wasn't paying attention. I'm pretty sure they were. Listening. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoy. It sounds this very good right now. Um, I'm, I'm liking that. The other artist uh, is a monk by the name of Brother Isaiah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and the album that I really dug is called Shade. Huh. Um, and it, it imagine Jack Johnson, who I am not a fan of. I don't know if that's controversial, but I I have never liked Jack Johnson's music. Is he still going? But it's, yeah, it's kind of a Jack Johnson vibe, but his voice is more on like the Jason Mraz end of things. Um, and his album, Shade, I just really, really dug it. But it's very acoustic. So, yeah. Uh, I think Ed Hart also told me about this album. Ed, Ed getting lots of shouts. Do you guys, get, do you now guys this get together one, and listen to stuff? This one came out in 2020, just so that everybody knows. There you go. You discovered it this year, though. Yes. Yes. Um, I love that. There's lots of other things that I wrote down, but I'll only mention a few others, and we don't have to listen to them. My favorite worship stuff that I encountered this year, um, Charity Gale, who I'd never heard of before, and her only full-length album from 2018, but it's called Lord, You're My Song. I I dug that album a lot. And then uh, Maverick City Music, who I was introduced to this year, their Jubilee Juneteenth edition album. Very good. It slaps, man. Very it's good. It's great. I've only um, listened to the opening song. Which is I amazing. I just keep replaying the <laughs> It's, it's hard to get past that one because it's yeah. right. so good. Right. So um, so those. And then honorable mentions. And the reason they're honorable mentions is because I haven't had a chance to really dig into these albums yet. But I think they're going to hit really high for me. So I'm just going to go on and be very stereotypical. Adele put out her album 30. That's right. Um, uh-huh. and, That's right. And it's, My it, wife loves it. It's a little different <laughs> from some of her other stuff. I haven't listened to it. I like it. So it is heartbreaking and heart-wrenching. Oh, yeah. Um, but, man, Adele, modern-day diva. She's just, yeah. And then, um, I don't know how to say this guy's name. I was, I was talking to you about this. Uh, Adele. She's about to do a Las Vegas residency. I'm almost like Adele. You're not old enough. (laughs) Yeah, that feels weird. To connect a couple of our artists together, somebody sent me uh, the Sunday Service Choir covering one of her new songs. Oh, really? Yes, with Kanye. There you go. Um, JM, I was talking to you about this album the other day, uh, and I don't know how to say this guy's name. John Garrigue? Gura? Yeah, I don't know how to say his name either. I think it's G-U-E-R-R-A. Gura? Yeah, and this album, I don't know when it came out either, but it's called Keeper of Days. Looks like 2020. Hmm. Yeah, and the way I uh, found it was um, Mike Cosper on the uh, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast used, one of, used this song, uh, Citizens, 
at, as a closing song on one of the episodes. And I was like, oh, I dig that. And I haven't had a chance to do a really deep dive into the album, but I've, I've liked it so far, and it's kind of played in the background. Man, you played me this song yesterday, and I read the lyrics. I mean, I was blown away. Maybe that was two days ago when you showed me. This this song's amazing. It has a kind of a Ben Rector feel. Yeah. But the band never comes in on this song, right? It's just piano and vocal. He has an amazing voice. I don't. I, I haven't listened close enough, like to the instrumentation. Like I don't know if they're, like he brings in like some strings or something. Dude, this song is fire. Yeah. So <laughs> so those are two honorable mentions that I think are going to be albums that I end up loving. And I've got lots of others written down here, but no time to talk about it. Great picks. Wow. All right. All right, Brad. Can all you right. top all those? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, totally. I just have two. Okay. And they're two uh, artists that I don't think John Mark likes very much, so I knew he wouldn't oh, select great. them. Oh, great. And I think I know which one. Which one one is? Yeah, so first, I uh, have to give a shout-out to Casey Musgraves. Uh, now, I don't, like, not <laughs> like her. I just, you know, it's not my She favorite. came out with her album, Starcrossed, and yeah. it's hard to kind of get at what the theme of the album is. That's sarcasm for anyone <laughs> that knows anything about Casey Musgraves. She sadly went through a divorce and the entire album is about the divorce Adele's album Pretty is about divorce oh yeah yeah so okay so apparently just connecting the dots yeah so it's all about the divorce so it's kind of depressing but you know when it comes to Casey Musgraves I feel like she has a lot of very diehard fans that just like love everything yeah. about her and I don't think I would say I'm one of those fans I don't you know I don't really think um, she and I would have a lot in common, you know, if we went out and got coffee. Uh, But I just love her albums. And it's just, it's got a very kind of vibey feel. I didn't listen to her earlier country albums. Well, that's what I was going to say. This is a little more of a departure from her country music. This in her previous album, Golden Hour. Is just super chill. I got free tickets when she came to uh, the Alabama Theater, so I got to see her live, and it was phenomenal. I love her band. She's got this massive band backing her. But it's just kind of vibey music where she talks about her divorce. So I I really enjoyed the album. I, I play in the background, so check it out. Star-crossed Casey Musgraves. I love it. So that's one. And then the second is... A little band called Angels and Airwaves. Oh, that's not what I had. That's not what I thought you were gonna say. Angels and Air. Wait, what? What? What do you we'll think? We'll talk I was about say? it afterwards. Okay, so Angels <laughs> and Airwaves came out with their album, Life Forms, and I'm trying to think how to describe them. You know, if you're a Blink 182 fan, uh, Angels and Airwaves was started by Tom DeLonge who was a part of Blink-182. Right. But this is different than Blink-182. It still has some of that punk rock theme. Right. But it's, uh, I don't know, what do, you, what do you call it, JM? Space rock? Anthem stadium rock? Well, and this is going to connect to some news later, but he's a big UFO guy. Well, I was going to mention <laughs> that because 90% of what we talk about now on the podcast is aliens because we're <laughs> we're going absolutely insane. Shades um, midweek. Yes, he actually does culture, talk about culture, theology, it. and all things aliens. 
And this is the downfall of us. Um, yeah, but it's just kind of rock. Maybe go to uh, Kiss and Tell. Uh, and fast forward a little bit. You know, it's just kind of like jamming. This feels very early 2000s yeah, yeah. to me. You know, he's got that voice. He's got a very distinct voice. Does that voice. not feel very early 2000s? Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of a... It's very heavy drumming. So the drummer is a guy named Alon Rubin. He's uh, he's played with Paramore. He's played with Nine Inch Nails. He's just a very active, kind of heavy drummer. And so I really like him. He's actually got his own band. Anyway, I'm talking about this too much. But if you want to rock out, kind of feel like a teenager, go check out that album, Life Forms. Dude, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I think we would be remiss and people would be upset if we didn't talk about it. And honestly, this is what I thought you were going to talk about. Okay, I have nothing in I, mind I, right I now. I thought so. you were going to talk about this. Oh. Taylor's versions of her new I album do, or of her old albums that she re-recorded. I do love this song. Red. Uh, yeah, I, I do love that song. Theologian that we've talked about before on the podcast, Esau McCauley, did a whole live Twitter <laughs> tweeting marathon where he was listening to Red for the first time. Hey, well, you know, we just had Jonathan Pennington on, and he was super pumped about it. <laughs> right. What is I going on it. with theologians <laughs> and Taylor Swift? I love it, man. Wait, I don't when know. Was her, was her album that was chill, the first one, was that 2020? Folklore? Folklore, yes. yes. Yeah, it was, it was last 20. year. That was 2020, okay. I mean, I really dug that album. I was into it. I watched the live performance on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> she it just recently good. set the record uh, on SNL for longest song performed on SNL. Really? Yeah. Well, how long was it? I, it's the... Oh, I don't know. It's the... So I only know this from like reading like headlines. It's the breakup song that's about her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal. And there's multiple oh, okay. versions of it. And this was like the extended long version. I think it's like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to extend an invitation, and it's to the listeners of Midweek. I know that a lot of people like Taylor Swift. I just I just don't know anything, really, about her. And <laughs> if you want to try to convince me that I should listen to it, that I should enjoy these records, give me some feedback. Tell me where to start. Give me some direction. It's an open invitation. Email me at Midweek at Shades Valley and tell me where I'm wrong and what I need to do. Wow. To it's fix a challenge because I yeah. feel like you kind of already have a posture towards it, you know? Like right. if you just haven't engaged with it, it feels like you don't I just care. haven't engaged with it. So so you get, someone's got to make you care. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm, wow. I'm open to it. Wow. What a challenge. Help me. What a challenge at the end of the year. Well, <laughs> that's a half hour on music. <laughs> We can, we can, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. A lot of great albums, though. Oh man, yeah, it was a great year so for many. music. All right, yeah, very good. Well, let's John? talk books. Yeah, Bradford, you're the, you're the book master on uh, this, uh, on this podcast. I so. just run a very modest, successful book club. That's it. <laughs> Lucrative. Lucrative book club. That's my only claim to fame. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, Jonathan and I have some books. I know JM has some as well. Yeah. Why don't we just go around in a circle instead of listing them all at once? How's that sound? Oh, well, sure. Because mine are organized, Brad. Oh, my god. They're not organized like JM's was, like in a countdown fashion. I just, I have categories. Well, you could still do the categories. <laughs> you can still okay. do the categories. You just go okay. around in a circle. All right. All right. And maybe I'll, I'll have one in your category. Do we start least serious or do we start most serious? I, you start wherever you want. Jonathan, no, you're you the book club master. You start this thing. And as the master, I empower others. <laughs> so I'm letting you lead us. It doesn't matter. If no one's there's listening a little. Anymore. There's a little lesson in leadership here. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, start us off with with a top book from 2021. Okay. All right. So the this is just kind of like my now. Are these books that all came out in 2021? I no. <laughs> they're right. books that I read in 2021. Well, all my books came out in 2021. Well, just most of mine did too. Just so everyone knows, most not all of them. <laughs> just so everyone knows, I put a lot of thought into this. All right, Jonathan, but you go ahead. Listen, I read a lot of dead people, Brad. Their books did not come out in 2021. It's, I, it's very important to read dead people. That's true. It's oh. true. Now, neither of these books I'm going to mention are by dead people. Okay. <laughs> These, so these aren't okay. Go ahead. These are like my generic kind of Christian reading books. I love it. Okay, I love it. so um, <coughs> just coming, one. No, I'm given two. <laughs> coming in at number two uh, is a peculiar glory by John Piper. I he did not put that out this year. I finished it this year. Okay, and, and I mentioned. I think I did a one of the book club guest appearances. I think I recommended that one. It's just it's it's a little bit more of an apologetic kind of book. It's just it's a great book for strengthening your confidence in the Bible that you hold. Mm. Is the short version of that. And then okay. the other book is my number one. It's obviously my number one. It's you wanted. We got free copies of it. It's Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly. Everybody ah, knows. Yes. You want a book for your soul. That that's the one. Like it's aside true. from the Bible, that's the that's yeah, the one that's that's, that I read this past year. So and he has his sequel is out by the way. I haven't read it yet, but there's a sequel. It's called Oh, deep, Deeper. Deeper. Uh I think it's called Real Change for Sinners and Sufferers or something like that. Is yes. this is the subtitle? Yes. But yeah, it's supposed to be a follow-up to Gentle and Lowly. Love that. Love it. All right. Yeah, that definitely needs a mention. Move on. I'm done. John Mark. <laughs> Okay, I'll go with this book that I read. It came out at the end of 2020, so I didn't have time to read it then. It well, came out December of 2020. We'll, we'll, allow it, we'll allow it. So I read it earlier this year. It's called Art and Faith. It's written by Makoto Fujimura, A Theology of Making, forward by N.T. Wright. I th- I'll, I'll do the Jonathan preface. I don't agree with everything in this book, <laughs> but man, I love, already said that but man, I love this preface. book. I love this book. Uh, just being a musician and a songwriter, uh, Makoto Fujimura is a is an artist. He's I think primarily based out of New York, but he's kind of all over the place, man. He's a big deal, and you know it's pretty cool when Martin Scorsese endorses your book on the back cover. That's that's pretty good. He's a Christian. He has not endorsed any of my books. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> he's a Christian. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so if you're a creative, check it out. Like I said, don't agree with everything, but man, a beautiful, inspiring read. Love it. All right. Now, for me, just a reminder to everyone, all my books did come out in 2021. <laughs> it's not a big deal or anything. I'm looking over my list, and I'm like going, I don't think any of mine did. Well, it's not a big deal. Just want to remind everyone. Uh, but coming in, they're not in any order. Uh, the first book I'd like to mention is The Wisdom Pyramid by Brett McCracken. Our viewers can't see. This uh, has been a recommendation for Bradford's book club, but yes. I have never been more convicted by the cover of a book <laughs> than I have... This book. So, I mean, essentially what 
McCracken is doing in this book is he's trying to get us to consume a more balanced, healthy diet of information. And he does this through talking about the wisdom pyramid that's surprised, that's, excuse me, inspired by the food pyramid. So at the top of the food pyramid, if you can picture it, is a cell phone. <laughs> at the bottom of the I mean, pyramid. You consume this the least. Yes. Is the, is the Bible. Next is the church. Next is nature, other books, the arts. And so I, I just think it's a really helpful framework for thinking about how we spend our time. I've been convicted by it. And he also has just a lot of helpful practical advice. So we mentioned Brett McCracken before on the podcast. He uh, is a huge... Why am I blanking on his name right now? Uh, direct Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick. Yes, fan, thank yes. you, John Mark. So he, he, he has a, a lot to say about culture and arts. Brett McCracken, The Wisdom Pyramid. Check it out. Jonathan, next book. Man, we are rolling. I'm I just feel it. terrible because y'all keep mentioning one book, and I've just got categories. We should have told people, keep, get out a pen and paper, write everything down that we're saying. That's true. Well, all James is going to post all these. At the oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, so my next category. the longest description ever in the <laughs> podcast my, my next category of books are kind of like books that have to do with uh, culture. Okay. And, and I have three. Um, and y'all read through two of them with me. Uh, Our Secular Age, which was edited by Colin uh, Hansen. Yes. yes. Um, and then Compassion and Conviction by Justin Gibney and Michael oh, Ware. Oh, man. Another yes. good one. Yeah, both Books of those. Books we read together. Yes. And then uh, one uh, by a dead guy, um, but and not specifically about culture, but about our culture, obviously, right now, present, because he's been dead for a long time, but extremely relevant. And helpful, um, and that's a, a narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass by Frederick ah. Douglass. Oh yeah, um, I found that uh, book to be—it's uh, a hard read. We talked—I I think I recommended it one week. You did, yeah. Yep, it's you, a hard. You guessed read, it on Bradford's but, book club, but yep. yeah, good one. So those are my my culture books. Lovely, J.M. All right, well, I'm going to try to stick with the theme of culture here. One book that I read this year earlier, I was trying to see if it came out in 2021 or if it was if it did it was a very early it's release. It's only important to Brad. It's called Taking It's called Taking America Back for God: Christian Nationalism in the United States by Andrew Whitehead and Samuel L. Perry. It's a, uh, you know, there's a lot of sociology uh in this book. There's a lot of data, a lot of uh research that they've done. A lot of graphs. A lot of graphs. So, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, Christian nationalism has been a big conversation as of late amongst other things within our culture talked about um, it once or twice on the podcast right and then the other one that i'll mention is called reading the times a literary and theological inquiry into the news by jeffrey bilbro who is a christian um just a just a great book and this one did come out in 2021 and i read this one earlier and uh really really enjoyed it as a nice sort of guy just engaging with the news cycle. And, well, uh, I'm so you know. glad you recommended that because I wanted to, but I have not read it yet. It's mm. it's in my Kindle. I highly recommend. Library. When has yeah. that stopped you before? Well, <laughs> I like to at least have, I like to at least have opened the cover. Wow! All right, Brad. All right, Shots things, fired. Things are heating up here. I'm getting away from the uh, cultural theme. Sorry. But the book that I'm recommending is a wonderful book. I believe it was voted Christianity Today's top book of 2021. It is by Tish Harrison Warren, and her other book, Liturgy of the Ordinary, was the top book in we Christianity. Need, we need today. to get Tish so, on the podcast. Uh, I bet yeah. we could. It'd be lovely. She she's, wrote a book she's called... so thoughtful. Yes, Prayer in the Night for Those Who Work or Watch or Weep. 
And so the whole book is framed around uh, what's called Prayer of Compline, which is this nighttime prayer that you find in the Book of Common Prayer. And through that, she explores themes of suffering, themes of loss, themes of grief, themes of darkness and death, and really asks the question, how can we trust God in the dark? And brings that into conversation with this this compline prayer, this nighttime prayer. So she she's always so thoughtful, has such great insights, has a way with words, and this book has gotten a lot of high praise. So check it out, Prayer in the Night for Those Who Work or Watch or Weep by Tisha Harrison Warren. All right, Jonathan, back at you. Back at me. All right. Well, uh, so my, my category uh, this time is kind of like uh, more – theological uh commentary type books because obviously there's a ton of my reading that's dictated by studying for sermons like throughout the throughout the year and so i i mean i overwhelmingly read commentaries and things of that nature and but yep every now and then you run into some things that i think are not just good from content but actually fun reading i know that may sound weird to say but fun reading you weirdo sorry so uh one we've been mentioning a lot lately is the sermon on the mountain human flourishing by jonathan pennington that's right uh fantastic highly recommend if you want other stuff on uh the sermon on the mount i highly recommend rt france's commentary on matthew it's great great, that's a great commentary on Uh, matthew yes it is and then specifically on uh the beatitudes we've talked a lot about rebecca eklund's book ah that was Um, on my list i'm very sorry um (laughs) but the beatitudes through the ages where she does like a a, it's so helpful it's like here's how the beatitudes have been looked at and studied throughout the entire history of the the church church. yeah pennington said it was the go-to book on the beatitudes yeah so high praise from Now, I don't agree with ever. I'm sorry. I just wanted to just be a dork. Um, uh, And then the one other book that I'll mention in this uh, category is we did a series through the Psalms. And Mm. I read a book called Interpreting the Psalms, an exegetical handbook. Yeah, it's sounding riveting, isn't it? Uh, by Mark Futato or Futato. Oh, yeah. You talked to me a lot about this book. Yes. it's You're it's super a, into it. It's a small book, but as far as like affecting my view of the Psalter and approach to it, man, it, it was super helpful. So those are my books as far as that's concerned. All right. I'm done with that. This is the last book that I'm going to mention. It does not fit into your category. So sorry, Jonathan. It's all good. This is a book that I read came out in 2021, 100%. And I read it uh, earlier this year while I was at the beach, and it was an incredible read. It's called This Isn't Happening, Radiohead's Kid A and the Beginning of the 21st Century by Stephen Hyden. Stephen Hyden is like a music journalist. This uh, book, first of all, I love Radiohead. This year is the, uh, I believe this year is the 20th anniversary of the release of, uh, Kid A maybe came out in 2000. I think it's the release of Amnesiac. I can't remember, but both of those records were kind of recorded at the same time. And this book is really cool because obviously it dives into the recording and the making and writing of Radiohead's Kid A, gets into a little bit of the history of Radiohead. But it's also a really good like cultural uh, study in, they go, I mean, he's talking about the late 90s into the early 2000s. So he touches on so many things that are happening within the culture, the advent of the internet, how that affected music, how that affected bands like Radiohead. Um, 
other music and movies that were coming out at that time and sort of this like angst at the end of the 90s going into the 2000s and then of course you have 9-11 that happens so he's like pulling from all of these things and and talking about Radiohead's Kid A in the midst of of all that and it was just so it was so much fun I love that band and that record's amazing so check that out if you like if you're a music lover or music fan that is sounds fun now did you say you read that at the beach Yes. Now, the book that I'm about to reference is a book that I read at the beach. Wow! What a segue. Jamar, you got to teach me how you read at the beach, because when I go to the beach with my five children, there's no such thing as touching a book. We had in-laws with us. Ah, um, and there it is. It was. It's a rare treat that we get on a beach trip, but it ha- did happen earlier this year. All right, Brad. Well, all right. Well, the book that I'm recommending is a biography, the authorized biography, which... What does that mean? That the person authorized it? Either either the person the book is about or the family, or the family like the person that's in charge of their estate or whatever, said, yeah. said yes. We, we verify this. And I, I think, I don't know that it means this, but I do think it means they get an advanced copy and get to like... Uh, get final editorial say? Yeah, get like to give some feedback and stuff. Yeah, I think I it means that too. Okay. Well, this is the biography of uh, Eugene Peter. Can't talk. Eugene Peterson. It says Eugene H. Peterson, but no one says Eugene H. Peterson on the cover. A Burning in My Bones by Wynn Collier. And Wynn has done a lovely job with this book. And he did have, I think, direct access to Eugene Peterson and had uh, all of his journals. And so wow. I, I feel like he painted a honest picture of Eugene Peterson, his strengths, and also his faults. He interviews... His family in the book, he interviews close friends, but I mean, Eugene Peterson just had a crazy life, and he's so well known for being the author of the message, but, and he just blew up and became so famous, but I mean, he really, he is the last person that you would think would blow up and be huge and kind of have this celebrity status. One of the, one of the funniest stories about him is that Bono was really moved i believe it was by the message it might have been one of his other uh, one of his other books but try to get in contact with him and eugene was like busy at the time and so he's like no i I can't do it like it's bono like bono (laughs) wanted to fly him out and i think he finally did like he did finally get to meet with him and then there was even a video where bono came to eugene's house that's on a lake in montana it's beautiful Mm -hmm. but I think for me, I I I loved reading the book. Eugene Peterson, in some ways, has has shaped me as as a pastor, and and I know I've said this before, but I think he had a big shaping of on um, Mike Garrigan, and so therefore, it, you know, Eugene Peterson has influenced kind of the culture of shades and how mm-hmm. we approach ministry and the culture here. So it was good to read it and just see this man and his calling as a pastor and this commitment to faithfulness and simplicity and the local church love so it. check it out burning in my bones i love sweet. it sweet do you have any more picks jonathan I, d- I got just for funsies okay go for it so just for funsies for all my enneagram peeps uh the enneagram goes to church by todd wilson oh yeah which i have it i have not read I, it. i'm not finished with it actually but uh but it's been a fun read um yeah and then uh, my my other f- just for funsies. This is the most off the wall book that I read this year. Just not an off the wall because the book's crazy, but it's just like why why did you read you read that? Uh, I read Jurassic Park this year. Oh yeah, you referenced that in yeah. a in a yeah, sermon. I did I just I Michael Crichton Jurassic Park? Why not? 
And so, you enjoyed it. <laughs> I think I think it's actually a great time to read that book. So that's so, that's amazing. It, it, let me tell you, it it bears more relevance mm-hmm. than you think. I it's, love that. I love that. I love that about art and just its lasting impact and how you can revisit things that still ring true in your current, you know, modern context. So yeah, that's awesome. Because how how old is that book now? Well, I mean, the movie the movie was, was ninety four, 90, I think. Yeah, and it or was ninety three. Yeah, it was only the movie was pretty quick on the heels okay. of the book, so I think the book is either like eighty nine, ninety, so maybe like thirty right years around. old. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so but I mean, and he wrote it as a critique of the scientific community of kind of like the impulse of like if we can do it, we should do it kind of thing. Yeah, and and he had some specific things he was taking aim at, but. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's an interesting. I can't see re- how that would be relevant today with <laughs> anything happening in our world. Yeah, that's right. Amazing. Oh. Well, you know, sticking on the theme of fiction, I might go ahead and drop two, if that's all right. Sure, go for it. Yeah. So, uh, I have a tradition now, and every time before Thanksgiving, we go and visit family. I text Annabeth Reese, who's a member of our church, a librarian, and I say, I need a mindless thriller. That's at like a fifth grade reading level. Just something easy <laughs> that I don't have to think about that's going to be a page turner. Need, need some YA fiction. Yeah, with action and explosions and just dumb stuff, you know, a thriller. So uh-huh. she always has a ton of recommendations for me. She's like, do you want teen drama? I'm like, no, not teen drama. <laughs> but she recommended two books for me. Uh, one is The Silent Patient uh, by Alex and I can't pronounce his last name. You can look it up. And it is just a thriller. It's about this psychologist and his patient and a mysterious murder, kind of a whodunit. And then the next one is uh, called Dark Matter by Blake Crouch, and it's kind of a sci-fi thriller. This guy is kidnapped, and he's taken to an alternate reality and he has to get back home to his family. And I th- she said, this should be a Matt Damon film. So Dark Matter and The Silent Patient, both recommendations really of Annabeth Reese. She's with us today in spirit. But check them out. Wow. Kind of fun thrillers. And there might be some language in the books. Check it out beforehand. Make sure <laughs> yeah. that everything hey, you're that, comfortable with. But I, I enjoyed them. The next time you're looking for something in that category, do you know, do you know who Jared Wilson is? pastor he writes yes. blogs yes. a lot and all of that yeah yeah so i mean he writes like a book a week or something like that but uh but he ventured into like why fiction this past year oh wrote a really book. yeah i haven't read it i want to okay. but since you regularly read this uh it's called echo island i'm all about so it you should uh you should check that one out next time and and let me know i was thinking about buying it for levi but yeah, we'll see. the great, great kind of numb out reads. All right, I've got two fictions that I'm going to mention, too, and then we'll be done with the books. Let's do it. Frankenstein, particularly the version that was released by Karen Swallow Pryor, who is a English professor uh, at Liberty. I guess she's still there. I don't know if she's she in Southeastern. No, no, oh, she yeah. changed believe, it up. Yeah. Good for her. Probably a good move. Um, <laughs> yeah, she did an awesome edition of Frankenstein uh, that I was reading leading up to Halloween. And uh, it was just a fun read, but she talks about why it's important for Christians to read fiction, and particularly Frankenstein. Uh, That's a good read. And then my second one... Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are super into Frankenstein. Like my friend Caleb, uh, who loves the horror genre, like raves about Frankenstein. And I I don't get it, 
but I want to. Well, there's that'd a, be a really fascinating episode. There's a lot in there. I feel like that you could talk about when it comes to like creation and the creator. I bet Chris Cargill, the would creator be, of its yeah, creation, I bet he'd be all into it. So there's some interesting. We things. should we should have him on do an episode. Uh, my other recommendation, and once again, I recommend this, knowing that there is uh, some language and things in this book. But it's the it came out in 2021. It's the novelization of Quentin Tarantino's film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He did a novelization of the oh, film wow. that he wrote himself. It's actually different than the film. There's a lot of differences in it, and I'm making my way through that right now. So, yeah, check yeah. those out. All right. There you go. Those are the b- b- books. There it is. The, the books. books. All right, now what? Uh, well, I think we naturally transition from books to, you know, the very serious topic of movies and TV, which this is my smallest category because I don't. it was really sad. When y'all said, hey, you know, maybe, maybe some of your favorite films, I went and looked at a list of all of the movies that released in 2021, and I came to the realization that I don't see any movies. <laughs> oh, wow, that breaks James heart. All of the ones I saw were ones I watched with my children. <laughs> I mean, it breaks my own heart too because I just don't have time to really see movies now either. And so a lot of the movies that I've seen were at home. I mean, what can you well, do, you know? I'm just going to do all of mine really quick and I will let you guys take over this category and I'll sit back and watch. Okay, okay. go ahead. So, uh, as far as movies go, um I I did have the joy of taking Levi on the journey through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe this year. Wow. So oh. we made that journey. Um, That's fun. My kids and I watched Raya and the Last Dragon, which I found to be a really great, fun, and uh, good-hearted uh, animated flick on Disney+. Plus. Love that. Um I am currently, as far as TV goes, I'm um, TV is my veg out. Like I don't watch like drama or anything. Like I, I watch pretty much twenty minute episodic comedy. Oh man, um, is you almost can't all veg I watch. out with drama. Um, so Brooklyn Nine Nine, I'm watching through for the first time right now. Hilarious. And, and then Holly and I are watching through Seinfeld because it hit Netflix. So oh, uh, cool. yeah, never seen it. And that's everything I have, guys. It's very relevant. All of it, very relevant. Brad? <laughs> All right. Brad, you're kind of our TV aficionado. Yep. Uh, I, I dare you. Anyone it. listening right now, I dare you to try to find something that Brad has not seen on really any of the streaming services. It doesn't matter. Yep. So it's, it's the same thing we say about you and movies. I, I think, yeah, which but we did find I don't see one a lot of film. We found one right film this year. That JM didn't see or own, which was the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I was shocked. What was I gonna say? I think <laughs> I think Brad has he's got a time machine or something, and he's able to either that or he's figured out a way to manipulate time where he can watch all of these shows, full seasons of them, several seasons. I, I just I don't understand. I think he doesn't I, have children. I think I just have a. I think I just have that a cannot surely cannot be the explanation. That and I mean we should go back and look at how many times Brad called in sick for like a week this year. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. Don't out me. <laughs> All right, well, Don't what out do you, me. What do you have, buddy? Yes. So let me go ahead and just give the uh, Hafe's preface before all of these <laughs> TV shows. You know. We're all adults here, hopefully, unless you're a child listening to this podcast. If so, which you need case, to make sure you've got your turn it off. Yeah. You need to have your parents' permission, but you know, for each of these shows, don't just go in blindly. Check it out, watch the reviews, um, see if it's appropriate for you. Okay, so don't just take my recommendation and run. 
But I'm just going to list uh, rapid fire some shows that I've enjoyed this past year. One, Succession. It's on HBO Max. It is a drama about a insanely wealthy family that owns an entertainment company. As uh, I was talking to a member about it at this church, and their wife said, how do you watch this show? It's just people talking to each other the entire time. That's all the show is. And I say, yes. And it's an amazing drama. But really, you know, to bring some substance to it, I, I think at the end of the day, it really shows just the complete vanity of this um, life of wealth and power and position. So succession for me. Uh, Mayor of Easttown was another one that I enjoyed. It's got Kate Winslet. I did watch that one. Yes. Who? There you go. Uh, kind of a, uh, she's a detective in a small town, has to investigate a, a local murder while trying to keep her own life from falling apart. Uh, Ted Lasso is one that I know a lot of people have watched. I've not actually watched complete second season. At first, I have to be honest, it kind of the show kind of annoyed me. Just how like happy and... <laughs> Uh, a beat he was i don't know am i alone in that how yes. cheery and kind of like <laughs> i don't know but his, his time has gone on i i think i've i've seen the merit in it and you know i've heard that in the second season there there's some substance as well mm-hmm. um once again viewer discretion but i thought squid game was uh a pretty wild watch you still can haven't seen it on netflix um <laughs> oh these are just that, ones that brow watched last week by the way yes if you if you do it, watch it with subtitles. Do not watch the English translation. No, you you won't last. Watch, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, listen. If watch you can't watch subtitles. something with subtitles, then I can't. I'm not going to talk to you. So. Yep. Um. Another one. Uh, only murders in the building. That's oh, on man. Hulu. Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. I thought that I'm going to sound like a grandparent. I thought it had a lot of unnecessary language, but I really liked the. I really liked the show. I did too. That was a good one. Um, another one that's just pretty goofy, but I've enjoyed is a Mythic Quest. It's on Apple TV Plus. You can check that out. New episode came on. One I just started that I've heard a lot of people love is Yellowstone. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people talking about. A lot that. of people talking about that. I really enjoyed Loki. I think he has currently listed more TV than I've watched in my life. I really enjoyed Loki. I also enjoyed Lupin <laughs> on Netflix. The documentary Q into the storm oh, was that really one was great. good that one was yep. good dude. i thought wandavision was great jonathan i know you've seen that don't be over there shaking your head i i told you i made the journey through the marvel cinematic universe with levi that's right see um i've thought shadow and bone on netflix uh was was pretty good and it's one that my wife really really loved um so check that out couples if you're looking for something Never to watch yeah watch together um I just started Hawkeye. It's okay. I don't know if you all started watching that on Disney Plus. Um, one yet. that I'm just started that I'm really enjoying just into the second episode. How many is, has he said he has started? Uh, How many shows well, do you know, some actively of these, watch? Some of these at shows once. they oh, they release episodes only so I, often. Listen, I like watch I watch two shows at once, and the only reason I watch two shows at once is because there's always a show that Holly and I are watching together. And then one that I'm watching by myself. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Are you done? Okay. Next. <laughs> and this will be my last Shots one. Fired. This will be my last one uh, that I just started yesterday. <laughs> Landscapers. It's on HBO Max. It's got Olivia Coleman and David Thewellis. Uh, anyway, it's really interesting. It's about a this kind of quirky, devoted, mild mannered 
mild-mannered couple that decides to kill uh, the wife's parents. And they call this in to the police. They're in Germany, and they call uh, this in and end up confessing after he, uh, the husband tells his, I believe his uh, mother, on a phone call, and she turns him into the cops. So it's pretty wild. Hey, did you watch that one? I didn't see it, but I saw a lot of trailers for it. The one on Hulu with Nicole Kidman, and it looks like it's like some sort of a cult or something like that. Did you watch that one? Yeah, so I finished it. and um, <laughs> I knew it, dude. I know what you're talking I about. Knew he would, I knew it. It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's from, uh, yeah, go ahead. I told you guys he was our aficionado. I, th- I think we're going to have to schedule a meeting, Brad. <laughs> and oh, I am who I am. I think, okay. I think we need an intervention. Did you watch the most recent uh, season of Tiger King? Tiger King 2? So I actually just started that this week. Oh, good. I've seen the first two episodes of that one. I'm trying to think of I, what I, else. I have not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and you also watched the Woodstock documentary. We've talked about that on HBO Max. Yes. I've seen, I, saw, I did see that one. Yeah, uh, there were several good documentaries that came out. I'm a sucker for a good documentary. Okay. Well, I don't know if JM would call that one good. He had lots of opinions. <laughs> I, I liked I mean, some it was of it. I didn't yeah. like some of it. Yeah, no, there's a lot to talk about there for sure. Okay, well, okay, I'm done. for me... I'm just going to stick with one because for me, uh, this is was the best thing that I saw all year. Now, I realize that I don't have as much of a breadth of uh, viewing as other people in this room to go off of for comparison. But I do feel like this is a groundbreaking film. And Wait, film or TV? Are we talking film or TV? Well, it's a streaming series uh documentary series okay on disney plus that just came out over thanksgiving break i think uh everyone knows what i'm talking about and i should have been more prepared already with the with the song that i was going to play here we go yeah rosetta (laughs) sweet rosetta fat she thought she was a cleaner but she was a fry the picker. Picture the fingers, great. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Beatles get back. It's the it's the best thing to me that has released all year long. There's nothing that can top it. It is one that I will watch again and again over the course of years to come. Number one, because the Beatles, like probably most people, uh, some people anyway, the Beatles are, are my favorite band of all time. And uh, they're, in my opinion, the most important band uh, that's ever been around. And this documentary was uh, directed, in a sense, and produced by Peter Jackson, who obviously did the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, it covers the making of the Beatles' 1970 album, Let It Be, which had the working title of Get Back. It draws from material originally captured for Michael Lindsay Hogg's 1970 documentary of the album, which was also titled Let It Be. Um, the total runtime over the three episodes is eight hours. It's incredible. And really, it's just a snapshot of the greatest band in the world getting together and trying to write 
and record and perform a new album. And Peter Jackson got access to something crazy like 60 or 70 hours of video footage and over 150 hours of audio uh, audio recordings. That is insane. That, that then he that then took him like four years to edit and assemble and put together, remaster it, recolor it. Like the digitization of, of the this material is just unbelievable. And so you get a snapshot of the band sort of at the end of their career before they have recorded Abbey Road, and they're working on these songs for Let It Be. And of course, uh, the whole documentary series culminates with their performance on the rooftop uh, of a few songs that they had written and recorded over the course of a three-week period. Man, this documentary just blew me away. It's incredible. Getting to see creatives do what they do. Getting to see Paul McCartney John Lennon, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr write and record and play together as a band. It's a treat. It's a, just a treat, the whole thing. Yeah, it's incredible. I could watch a new episode. Like, if he just kept doing new episodes of just raw footage. Yeah, I think he should. Every Sunday, I would, give it, I would give watch us more. it. I would watch it, dude. Now, do you think everyone's going to like it? Uh, I don't. I don't. I think if you're a, not a Beatles fan, I don't know how much you're going to appreciate say the Beatles sitting around and playing Chuck Berry songs for just multiple multiple times. So I don't know how much you're going to enjoy that. Ashley did watch a good bit of bit of it with me and um I mean she loved it. So yeah. I've been told even if you're not a Beatles fan and I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet, um, but I've I've been told that even if you're not a Beatles fan, if you have experience playing in bands yes. and like writing music together, that it's it's really uh, nostalgic and like you can just identify with just the process, and that it's somewhat comforting to see the the Beatles go through the difficulty of the songwriting process. Yes, I mean you literally that song, that first song that I played, "Get Back," you literally get to see Paul McCartney create that out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, he's sitting there with his bass. And he's playing the bass, and which, by the way, he's one of the greatest bass players of all time. And he's just playing the bass, and he just creates this melody out of nothing. And it's so so cool to get to see, mm. and just the dynamics of all their relationships and how they interact with each other. Oh yeah, and all the stuff that they have to deal with, man. They're dealing there's with so much. <laughs> there's just so much. Going so much on. going on. It's incredible. So that's that's all I'm gonna mention. Love it. All right. Well, what what else? Oh, what else? Like after, uh, do we do we want to do movies? I just have one. I don't think. Oh, I did all mine together. Time. Go for it, so, Brad. Yeah. What, what's your movies. movie? Well, a movie that I enjoyed. Once again, uh, check it out before you see it. Uh, I can't remember what was on the movie, but it was titled. I haven't heard much about it. Like I haven't heard anyone talk about it, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, no sudden move. Oh yeah. No sudden the Steven move. Steven Soderbergh film. Yep. Steven Soderbergh, written by Ed Solomon. It's got Don Chino. <laughs> Don Chino. <laughs> Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Benicio del Toro. I got that name right. Love That's Benicio. yeah. Uh, David Harbour. If anyone's seen Stranger Things, the the, yes. the sheriff on Stranger Things. It's got John Hamm. Great cast. Yep. Uh, Kieran Culkin. He's in. He's in there. Who else? Any other well-known? But it's kind of a gangster film, and it's just got a ton of twist in it all the way to the end. 
It's about this this group of criminals who are brought together under mysterious circumstances, and they have to work together to uncover what's going on on the job, and then the job just goes completely sideways. Things get crazy. There's just one twist after the next. But great acting. It's a period piece. I think they do the period really well. And one of the things that's so wild at the beginning of the movie is you have these two gangs, and as a peace treaty with one another, what the head of the gangs do is they send their son, like their youngest son, to be raised with the other gang. So the gang leader sends his youngest son to go wow. be raised with the other gang, and then the other gang does vice versa. It's kind of like a peace treaty. Like, we're not going to harm one another, because if we do, then we know the kid's going to get hurt. Pretty insane, wow. right? Wow. So that's actu- that's ac- that actually happened. I don't know. It would be cooler if it happened. Wow. But, I mean, terrible if it happened, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, it's a great... Gangster movie, lot of twists and turns. Check it out. No well, sudden move. Well, 2021 has been a great year for movies, and I have not seen most of them. But I will mention two briefly that I did watch. One is called Pig, which is sort of an uh, under-the-radar film starring Nicolas Cage. And now, let me just tell you, dude, this movie is going to be, like, <laughs> insane, right? It's, it's I not, mean, like, that crazy, but Nicolas Cage plays uh, a former, like, artisan like almost like picture like frank stead okay so like a james beard award-winning chef but he is no longer a chef anymore he lives by himself he's sort of like a hermit out in the woods and he has this uh pig and that's all i'm going to tell you watch it it's incredible i mean nicholas cage and a pig what else do you want it's so good what a star-studded cast the other film i'm going to mention i think we we would make a mistake if we didn't at least mention it, and that, of course, was was Dune. Still haven't seen it. The remake of Dune, which came out on HBO Max. Please, no spoilers. Soundtrack for Hans Zimmer, directed by Denis Villanueva. I think it was just such a massive... It was just such a massive film, and I think it had been such a while since I had seen a film like that, Yeah, that it just really, you know, it really stood out. Yep. So those are those are two films that I'll mention briefly. All right, what's next? Well, I know that we we got to go in just a little bit, but uh, so we could quickly do um, some news stories and maybe some shade stuff. And I think you've got some podcast stuff to end with. Yep. All right, so news. Um, so I'll just mention a few that come to mind for me really quickly. Um, I mean, I I don't know how you get around January sixth being right. like the largest right. news story of the year and the insurrection at the Capitol, like just yeah. a massive event that will echo for forever in yeah. in our history um so so yeah so i mean and, and i've got a couple other things like that um another within the church i think a really serious story um is, uh, is the missionaries that were taken uh, yeah. captive in haiti mm-hmm. which i actually haven't looked in a have you have you looked recently are they still there i have not i need to look at that um i didn't think about it till right now um and then obviously the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast, which isn't necessarily a news story, but it's kind of like a news format. Has I mean, I've had lots of conversations with people uh, surrounding that podcast. Yeah. Lots of good conversations, right? And, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially oh. within within like Christian circles. I mean, that podcast is like kind of taken everything over by storm. Man, it's a massive deal, right. you know. And there was yeah. a, there was another podcast I listened to. Um, called Escaping Nexium, and then we ended up watching oh, the right. documentary together. Ah, yes. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the trial stuff happened this year. 
uh, related yes. to that. And so that that was another big one. Um, and then the last one that I'll mention that's ongoing right now uh, is, Brad, you got me to watch the documentary about Theranos. And oh, Elizabeth yes. Holmes' trial is going on right now. That's right. As well, there were lots of big trials. I mean, there the Ahmad, Ahmad Aubrey, uh, case, Kyle Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse um, case. Ghislaine Maxwell, who the, was that's ongoing right now. Ongoing right mm-hmm. now, it's insane. Yeah, so lots of big trials and, and things like that. But that's what comes to mind when I think about like uh, various news. I mean, obviously there's COVID news and all that too. Right. Um, right. But and Delta variant, yada yada, all the the big stories that broke with that. Well, I thought in in uh, just to make a tradition here. Last year we we kind of did a similar thing, and the news story, the fun news story that I brought was about UFOs. So I thought that we would just continue down that path, especially considering that we've recently asked two theologians and authors and pastors about aliens and had some interesting responses there. Check you this out. You were abducted out. this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We all saw it. Check out. This out from November 24th of this year, the Defense Department has announced a new, this is from CBS News, of course by the way, mainstream, mainstream news, <laughs> CBS. The Defense Department has announced a new UFO task force to help the United States government spot and identify unknown objects in the air and determine whether they pose any threats. The agency announced it is creating the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. To synchronize Washington's Does that efforts. Spell something. Is sounds there an like acronym a, sounds there? like a movie. The acronym is is not good. It's A O I M S G, which is incredibly hard just to say that. But I guess it's easier to say than Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization. Well, group. they can't make it like Come shield on, people. or something Can you like just that. Do something better than that. UFO Watchdog. I don't know. They could come up with something better. <laughs> I I don't know what's going on. Uh, identifying a I want an official <laughs> government <laughs> branch named UFO Watchdog. <laughs> Special use air, uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, basically, let's see. An Airborne Object Identification and Management Executive Council comprised of defense and intelligence officials will oversee the new task force. The task force is the successor of something from the Navy, uh, and there apparently there was a report that was released earlier this year in June on their findings about UFOs. From what I understand, it was a pretty small document, only like nine pages. I don't think it really d- did much. Did you read it? It basically was just like... Is that a yes? It was basically just like, we can't confirm what any of these objects are, so therefore they're unidentified. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In relation to that, and in space, did you guys hear about this? December 7th, China's moon rover spots a mysterious cube-shaped object on the moon. This is from USA Today. A number of outlets reported this. For the past two years, China's U-2-2 rover has been roaming across the von Karman crater on the far side of the moon, and on its journey, it spotted a mysterious cube-shaped object. On its 36th lunar day, the rover spotted a cube-shaped object on the horizon about 260 feet away. Though there is no actual answer for what the cube is, it probably isn't something that is going to destroy Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Jones said the most likely explanation is, uh, I think Jones is, uh, I don't know who Jones is. I don't know where this information came from. USA Today. Uh, The most likely explanation is it's actually a large boulder that appeared after an impact event. But the rover is uh, currently exploring that. It's going to take three months to approach the object. So something to look forward to in 2022 
Is it like the monolith that they discovered in Stanley Kubrick's film 2001 A Space Odyssey, which was released in 1968? I don't know. You know what I've always (laughs) loved about (laughs) rovers is their blazing speed. That's just... Is it it possible that Neil Armstrong left his lunchbox, maybe? One other thing I wanted to mention uh, in terms of space, did you guys know that... um, that on Mars this year we had a Wright, quote, Wright Brothers moment. Wright Brothers being the f- ones who created uh, the first aircraft or airplane. Uh, NASA succeeded in its first flight of a robotic aircraft on another planet. Ingenuity, a small four-pound helicopter that hitched a ride with this with the spacecraft lifted 10 feet above Mars for 39 seconds in the thin atmosphere of the red planet. Uh, the project manager called the April 19th achievement our Wright Brothers moment. Ingenuity has had more airtime since then with over a dozen flights. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty cool. And then there was also some great footage that came out from Mars uh, because we have a rover on Mars. So Wow. There's just a lot of cool things going on in space. William Shatner went to space, which is just hilarious. He was on Star Trek. He got to get on Jeff Bezos's thing that's right we had the first black uh female astronaut in space with spacex elon musk this is crazy so much space, <laughs> so much space news well that's that's what i wanted to what bring. i wish that's what i wanted, wanted to, bring. to bring what i wish people could see right now is john mark had a pile <laughs> of papers with all of this space facts on it and he was just like throwing them like that's, as he would go through them he's, and there is now just the floor is littered Listen, with, with random space articles. Have you guys ever seen the movie with Russell Crowe, A Beautiful Mind? And there's yes. the scene where they show his the room, and he's got all the <laughs> all the strings going to all the pieces of paper, and he's trying to figure out this giant conspiracy. That's kind of what my office looks like right now yeah. when it comes to UFOs. We're not concerned, though. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. All right. Oh, well, um, so John Mark's going to close us out here in just a second by sharing some... Uh, uh, stats I'll have to find them. about the podcast. Did you throw those on the floor too? Um, but uh, <coughs> so before we close out with that about Shades Midweek, we thought we'd uh, in just by reflecting, um, not not like in any serious way, um, <laughs> but by reflecting on all that's happened and transpired, like at Shades in 2021. I, sometimes I, I think you know it's easy for us to forget just how much. Uh, has has gone on. So I'm just going to basically list in rapid fire uh, just a couple of things that happened this year. And if there's anything y'all want to pause and comment on, uh, let me know. But so just from... Oh. Why don't I play that while oh, you're yeah. doing this? Oh, yeah. I'm digging it now. Mood setting. That's fun. We got a candle burning in here. <laughs> we got... it's it, All right. Um, so sermons. Uh, sermon series this year. Uh, we started the year with a sermon series called Family Meals uh, about what we do and why we do it uh, is kind of like collective corporate spiritual disciplines. We had our Lent series, 40 years and 40 days. We went through the Psalter and planted by streams. Uh, and now and that was awesome. And I yeah, loved the Psalter series. It. And now we're into uh, the Sermon on the Mount with uh, the, the series called the Sermon. Um, the Gospel of Matthew. Personally, my year uh, this year began with a breakdown. Um <laughs> On Should January I stop the music? 13, no, no, it's great, it's great, it's great. On January 13, I, I basically had a mental breakdown, and all the elders ended up at my house to pray over me and all of that. But no, the reason I mentioned that, and that being the way my year personally started at Shades, is because Shades surrounded me and loved on me and, and put in place a, a plan to 
to help me and all of that. And I am in one of the healthiest places I've ever been mm. here at the end of the year. And so, yeah, so that's how my year started personally. But here's just some other things that happened uh, at Shades this year. Uh, we hired Sarah Burris to work with our students. Uh, we had several picnic in the parks. We had our first outdoor Easter service. Lots of outdoor events. Which was nuts. Yeah, yeah lots of outdoor stuff. Our outdoor mm-hmm. 30th anniversary service. Yeah, had our 30th anniversary. Yeah. 30th anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had two different women's weekends that happened outside that were awesome. Uh, right. Out of the last one, uh, birthed uh, a yoga, yoga class. class. Uh, that's that's right. been Summer started Young, leading that. Uh, Joseph and Rachel Wonski started hosting and leading worship and prayer gatherings. Uh, in right. the spring, we had our Barons Night, where like half, oh, awesome. half of Shades Huge went to turnout. the Barons. Yeah. Huge turnout. Uh, we did the Shades Cinema event um, mm-hmm. this year. Not as big of a turnout. Not as big of a turnout, <laughs> but a lot of heart for the people that did turn out. My kids were here and uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Um, Bo Armistead led his trauma group. Um, yep. The trauma discussion group, which yeah. was incredible, uh, we had a good turnout from Shades that participated in the Ann campaign launch of the uh, that was awesome the Birmingham chapter here. We had a uh, our first ever Christmas cornhole tournament. Wow, that was uh, great, which was incredible. That was big, very intense. Um, and uh, you know we we were making some big strides with the parking lot here at Shades. A lot the of par- things happening. <laughs> parking lot's That's right. been a, a massive conversation amongst leadership for years, and never in my wildest dreams. <laughs> Finally, finally getting that finished. Um, and then here on midweek, um, I, I really think we kicked it up a notch with uh, with our guests. That's um, right. Yeah. So lots of really cool guests this What are you year. saying about our guests previously, John? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it was ju- – no, nah, I'm just kidding. We had lots of awesome Meet a Member episodes this That's year right. and all that. But then, I mean, we also had um, – Colin Hansen on the podcast this year, uh, Zach Hicks, mm-hmm. uh, just had Jonathan Pennington, Joshua Butler, Doug Webster. Yeah. Um, wow. A lot of, so, yeah. A lot of awesome names. Lots of lots of cool things happening. So, I mean, it's just when you step back and look at it, you're like, holy cow, there's actually a, a lot. So and, much happening. And I'm not mm-hmm. even listing all of our normal, th- like groceries right. for Green Springs. We've continued to, to partner with Green Springs Ministry. Um, right. Our partnerships with yeah. our overseas ministries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, angel, so many, so many tree, little so many stories. Things. Those yeah. are big things. So many little stories we could share. Just, yeah, just crazy baptisms that happened this yep. year and things youth within events. the youth group, youth yep. retreats. And yep. I mean, it really was uh, just a nutty year. Um, yeah, it's a wild I, time. And, I mean, and we did do a lot more event kind of things that we don't traditionally do just because you know we experienced so much isolation in 2020 Mm. and we really kicked up our outdoor events to try and provide places for people to reconnect and i i don't know about y'all but i i definitely feel more connected to people at the close of this year and like and like there's been a, a resurgence of of that kind of sense of community yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, we've so. had a lot of new people join. Didn't even Got mention them. Didn't even mention the fact that you know, the stinking Delta variant slammed mm. us in in the fall. It slammed it everybody. Was it was yeah. brutal. It was brutal, wild. But that you know has landed us in two services. That's a that's right. a new thing for Shades. That's and of right. course, we all want that to come to a conclusion as fast as possible. But um, but yeah, so we're in two services, and that's allowed us to to connect with more of the body. And we have once a month outdoor services, which have been great. And so. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. It so shades. Many things. Yeah. So many things. Leah um concluded her time as employed at Shades. Um and 
Uh, Brooks getting hired, yeah, officially January first as our new children's director. So, yeah, crazy, crazy things. Yeah, it's Here been we a, are. it's been a good year. You know, there's it really been has. as as with any year, there's going to be lots of ups and downs, disappointments, uh, exciting things that happen. I mean, God's faithfulness through the whole thing. Uh, you know, really, really clear. And um, yeah, just it's been a, it's been a good year. You guys, really thankful for the both of you and. Yeah. Thank you, John Mark. Yeah, and in our midweek listening audience, very thankful for you. That's right. Yeah, we are. We're Speaking of, I'm, hang on, hang on. Both of you got to say y'all oh. were thankful. I'm oh, thankful well, for you guys okay. too. <laughs> I'm thankful for you guys too. Oh, thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> we, we get it. We get it. <laughs> so mean. And and the midweek listeners, we're thankful for y'all. And so so let's close it out with uh, how the year went for Shades. We're not going to do a lightning round, but. This is going to be kind of lightning. We just want to thank all the listeners at Shades Midweek. Uh, you guys have made this year uh, a very special year. 8.8 thousand downloads this year alone. And uh, we're, we still have a couple of weeks left as we're wow. recording this. So I don't know so if we'll tell hit your, nine. tell your friends so we can break the 10. <laughs> right. That's right. All right. Do you guys want to hear real quickly the top 10 most downloaded episodes? Let's do it. Fly uh, through. This is from this year. This is from this year. All right, here we go. Number 10 was the interview with the West Homewood Farmers Market with 197. All right. All right yeah. Coming in. Number nine, the meet a member with Pastor Jonathan Haves. 203 hey. downloads. I'm just honored I made Celebrity the board, status. guys. Just honored I made the board. Number eight, a meet a member with Kenny McCants. <laughs> 210. Now, I'm, now my feelings are hurt. Now Jonathan's disappointed. Really puts things in perspective when you, when you keep going. <laughs> Number seven, a new addition to Midweek, Pastor Facts, Bible Shopping. 223 oh. downloads. People really wanted to know what Bible they should yeah, get nice. and why they should feel bad about the Bible that they did purchase. Number <laughs> six, <laughs> Shade Cinema, The Tree of Life. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> a movie that's almost three hours long, sometimes completely unclear about what's happening, and yet 246 people listen to four of us who it's really a, have no history or a, experience who, who in film whatsoever. About, talk about, about the it movie. For, for three hours. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Unbelievable. Number five was another meet a member, Pastor Brad Brown with 249. Hey. Let's not get upset at each other. It's just I, a mere statistical right. download. doesn't mean anything. I paid a company to push it. My friends are not hurt. Number four, a 30th anniversary interview with Park Stall Cup and Caroline Grant coming in at 250 downloads. Uh, well love deserved. That. People well love. Well deserved. Yes. Love oh, it. I can't. Uh, sorry, I tried to do the. That was not. I tried to do the applause and wow. I hit the wrong button. Wow. All right. Number three, something that we've talked a lot about counseling trauma, MDR therapy, Bo Armistead. It was actually a two-parter. The first part had 298 downloads. So Great a lot episode. of people were blessed by that and listened to that. <laughs> Thankful for Bo. Obviously not blessed enough to come back for part two. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, let's talk about death with Court Gatliff. 343 Yay! downloads. Are Man. you insane? Insane. People Man. like to hear about death. He posted it to Facebook. That's why. That's what happened. <laughs> and That's number cheating. one, 406 downloads. Colin Hansen. Wow. It's that it's another that, great another that great gospel, episode. That gospel Colin Coalition Hansen. brand. Yep. Getting, getting that name out there. So that was kind of our year in review of uh Man. Shades Midweek. What a great year. What a great it's year been. it's been. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. Well guys. I mean really that you guys have listened so much and thank you 
for the support. We're coming up on episode 100, and we've got some ideas on what we're going to do. Tons of ideas. So be ready for that, because that could be really exciting and fun. Please email us at midweekinshadesvalley.org. Tell us what your favorite moments, news stories, albums, whatever from the year 2021. We'd love to hear and read them all. That's right, because it's at Shades Midweek. You're part of the conversation. Well... This has been a year in review, 2021. I don't know if anyone made it to the end. Right. Oh, well, we'll see you next year. Wow. Here. What Shades Midweek. That's right. That's right. I hope you have a great rest of the year. I'm predicting an Alabama loss against Cincinnati in the playoffs. Let's just see what happens. Wow. (laughs) Controversial (laughs) end. A controversial end. Alabama's going to win. We all know what happens. (laughs) We'll see you next year. All right.